previously on a game called Quest. We're just trying to find our friend. What's our friend's name again? He's a giant lizard. Maya. If we don't fight with each other, then then we're not fulfilling our, our duty to the kingdom, to the monarch. Oh, maybe you could fight each other in less lethal ways. Uh, so- soccer, perhaps? Yeah, hey, little hedgehog. Uh, do you like games? Sports games uh, where you're the star. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm super athletic. Yeah, yeah, I'm super athletic. Super fast. Super, super fast. And Gray is going to use Mirage to form the uh, the illusion of a giant soccer stadium. Stacy kind of comes up. I have to get back to my village. I'm sure I will see you again when you arrive. And they pull out a silver compass and uh, it has a sort of glow around it when you put when he puts it in your hand it feels she just gets like a little teary-eyed but she doesn't want to like show it and so it's like a line of these like metallic snake people lacerti just running down the line like giving high fives to each other it's a it's quite the sight it's quite the sight Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Game Called Quest. We are so glad to have you joining us today. I hope that you're having an amazing Tuesday and a great week. I'm Rose, your friendly neighborhood game master slash guide. So, now that you remember who I am, and hopefully you're starting to remember where we are in the world, let's jump into the game. Our story continues at the end of a very exciting celebration. Our heroes begin to pack up the makings of a very exciting and exhilarating soccer game. Their new companions, the brutish, but turns out relatively friendly, Lacerti lizard creatures, begin to gather their things, picking up their discarded weapons, no longer fighting each other in the normal way, but having found a different way to get out their competitive urges. They all bid farewells and say, you know, we hope to see you again. And off they go into the woods, leaving the four of you in the clearing, just in time for the sun to set and it to be dark. And as you'll remember, Zach, getting extremely cold by the moment. Ah, yeah, maybe I should have told you guys it's going to get a a bit chilly. Glad I got this... uh cloak here. Although, I mean, I actually don't really care if it's cold. Uh, Thorn feels comfortable, like, all the time. It's crazy how comfortable he feels. But you guys, I don't know. Uh, get your cloaks and uh, blankets out. Are we Are we marching through the night? Are we making camp? Is that what, is that what we're supposed to do? I mean, what do you... We're all by ourselves, guys. What, what are we going to do? Yeah, man, I don't know. That kind of wore me out. You know, you, I'm not much of a sports guy, Gray, but... You know, that was that was good. Uh, you did a good thing. And Turtle, that was a good idea. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, nonviolence is the way, yeah? You guys all feel a chill as the wind brushes through the trees. And you, you all a simultaneous shiver as the temperature plummets again. Anybody know how to make a fire? Magic man? Oh, you eat. You mean like this? <laughs> and Gray is going to use magic tricks to produce a flickering flame of light that does not 
I, I don't. I don't think it emits heat. <laughs> oh God. So we see a fire flicker up between all of you, and then it's not any warmer. It'll help. Uh, it helps to light things a little bit, but it's just an illusion. Wait. So it's useless. <laughs> I don't think Thorn is really into fires. Someone should do something quick, cause I'm a reptile. <laughs> uh, Gray grabs two two sticks from off the ground and starts rubbing them together in a way that definitely will not start a fire. Yeah, and Zach's gonna like try to like blow on it, like. <laughs> <laughs> Elise just groans a little bit. Like she's this at this point, like Zuri's becoming a, like a little more Elise. So like the more like sweetness is turning into like the more like easily misunderstood like being grumpiness. So she's just like, oh, all right. So then she starts like looking for actual stuff to make a fire. Awesome. And we're in the m- woods, right? Yeah, you're right in the woods. So go ahead and give me a roll. Tell me what you can find with the roll. Uh, I got a thirteen. All right. So that is a success. So you managed to find the makings of a fire. Uh, you're kind of crawling around, uh, managing with the slight light from the magic tricks of Grey slash Yasolga. You're able actually to find the makings of a fire. And you even, you have kind of like some survival instincts t- to know like what kind of rocks you can use to scrap together a fire. And you manage to get a small fire going. It's nothing like, too special, but it is warming up the clearing a little bit. Lovely. So now the four of you guys are sitting around a fire. So I finished the last touches of the fire. I throw in a couple more sticks. It's a good thing that it hasn't rained recently, it seems. And then she's like throwing in the sticks and then she's like, okay, what do we do about food? Oh, speaking of rain, it could rain at some point. I'm not really sure what's going on with the weather here. But I'm just like getting like these weird like like the winds telling me like, hey, it's going to rain, but also be sunny. I don't know. It's weird. This place is, this place is weird, man. <laughs> so sunny rain. All right. Got it. She like groans a little bit and then she's just like, but again, what are we going to do about food? And we need to find a shelter before we even go on very farther. Where are we going to sleep? What if it does rain? I was hoping we would just make it to the village soon. Elise looks around. She's like, when it's this dark? I meant tomorrow. Okay, that's true. But what do we do for tonight? Uh, Anyone? You hear uh, in the distance. Oh! A howl. Fantastic. Oh, great. Oh, somebody's making wolf noises. Yes, I'm sure somebody is making wolf noises and it's not an actual wolf. <laughs> so, like, Elise, like, sighs a little bit and she's, like, she, like, doesn't know where, like, all this, like, grumpiness is coming from. Um, but she knows that she's, like, just had, like, she's just felt very off ever since she, like, tried to find Maya in that noise and she wasn't able to find her. And then everybody played soccer. And so she's feeling, like, really just down and out of it. And she says that, I'll go check it out. And then she, like, stands up and she's like, and maybe I'll try to find some food. But wait, she can't even do that because there's nothing that she can light up the path with. Oh, yeah. I'll, um, uh, I can I can help. The Grey jumps, uh, jumps up to his feet and, uh, and runs over and, using magic tricks, produces a little flickering flame above his head. 
So you look like a dwarf-shaped candle. Yes. <laughs> yes, isn't that so cute? <laughs> Liz finally cracks a little bit of a smile. I think this is like the first t- smile that she's had um, since like the whole stuff went down. And then she like nods and she says, all right, then come on. Are you two going to be okay managing this area? Yeah, I'll uh, keep the fire going. I think I think I'm also... Hey, Talon, do you uh, want to go fly around and see if you can hunt? I don't know. I assume you do that. You look like you eat meat. <laughs> uh, Talon, in response, lets out a kind of soft call and takes off. But then, like, she perches at the top of a tree to look at you as if for approval. Yeah, I mean, get, get something for yourself and then get something for everybody else, okay? She she flies off. <laughs> okay, there you go. I mean, I... You hear the howl again, this time closer. Are you guys sure you want to go off? Oh, yeah. You know, we just got to, like, I don't know, find some berries or something. You know, you just that's what you, that's what you do when you're in nature, right? You just find the berries good to eat. Yes, and we can't expect your little bird talent to bring back stable structure for us to sleep under. Maybe a board, maybe some more leaves. We have to find something. So the best thing to do is go and explore and make sure this wolf doesn't just attack our home base. I'll uh, I'll try to see what I can do here. Okay, so I guess Gray and Elise go off. Yeah, so both of you guys go ahead and give me a roll to see what you can find in the woods. Okay. Well then. Oh no, what did you do? Um... I got a two. <laughs> I got a 20. Nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's do it. Let's deal with the triumph first. I'm crying. Um, you automatically succeed what you were trying to do. So you do find, you find like a little area with some cattails, like soft, those like soft, puffy um, plants that like usually are in the water. They're growing on land, but you find a bunch of like soft leaves and sticks and things like that. <laughs> and so you manage to find like the makings of a nice uh, bed. And then you find, you even find a place where there's a hollowed out tree that you guys like a massive stump that's been hollowed out that you could feasibly fit four people in. Mmm, cosmic timing. Well, you're not with us, Dr. Turtle. <laughs> I just, I, I sense it <laughs> back at the camp. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm crying. Amazing. What about the, what about the wolf? Uh, right, so uh, oh, right. There, there was a failure involved in this as well. I think the two of you guys find all of this, uh, and you go back to the other two, and to bring the news that you found this hollowed out tree, and you've left like your supplies and stuff in there and you're, you're the four of you guys are heading over towards the tree and then suddenly out of nowhere gray gets tackled by a wolf oh god <gasps> oh my god yeah so immediately you take one damage and wait no elise wants to intercept because that's one of my powers oh, oh nice okay okay all right go ahead and uh, describe to me uh, that power first so it's like if uh, like one of my teammates or somebody else is getting attacked, then I can like intercept. Let me just double check and look this up, this attack, intercept. Intercept. You spend one adventure point, and if a nearby character is about to attack someone, you may rush to intercept the attack. You must say that you use the ability as soon as I declare the attack, and then I make the attack on you instead. Ooh. 
Okay, I'll do that. Thanks. Okay, do you want to first describe to me, like, what that moment looks like? Describe to me first, Gray, what you're doing, and then I'll take in from there. Like, before the attack. I'm totally, totally oblivious. Just, like, there's there's a big rock on the ground, and I'm trying to flip it over so I can look underneath. And I'm it's just way too much for me. I'm struggling. Yes. I think, Elise, you see two glowing eyes in the dark behind him. And what do you do? Like, I see this happening, and I just see Gray being incompetent. I'm kidding. (laughs) But I'm, like, irritated because, like, I came uh, to bring him for help. But then she's just like, okay, this is not me thinking. This is Elisa's irritation. So Zuri, like, shakes off those feelings, and she's like, wait, my friend is about to get hurt. And then she sees, like, the wolf, like, like the glowing eyes, and she immediately, like, she was, like, a little ways away because she was, um gathering some of the the little like leafy thingies <laughs> from under the sea that's exactly what it's called leafy thingies. yeah i mean that's, <laughs> so, that's what i call them and then she like slides like she just like she still is holding these leaves but then she like slides in right in front of gray when like the wolf like leaps on and she has like this like like our her arms are like spread out because she's like doing this protect and then like the wolf just like you know like jumps right on top of her yeah but, like as this is happening she's like pulling out her dagger with her like other hand oh absolutely uh so, so go ahead and mark off one adventure point like erase like say that you spent the one point for that got it that does that does work and Apparently, this also causes the creature to immediately become affected by your provocability. So the target will now focus its its attention on you, basically. And I just want to say, like, for some metagaming stuff, the the reason why it's good for the fighter to draw attacks is because the fighter also has, or you do, you have a counterattack. So anytime that these attacks miss you or they roll badly on them you can get that counterattack in so that's sort of why you're trying to get these get these attacks on you instead of other people because you don't actually yes. have you don't actually have more hit points than anybody else but you do have the ability to attack back unlike us yeah and so this one wolf jumps out everybody else is watching cuz like the other two of you guys were also like kind of gathering some leaves and stuff as you guys headed toward the the main tree where you're going to try to make camp for the night when this scene unfolds I'm going to go ahead and roll an attack on you. Let's see how it goes. I rolled a 12, so that's a success. So the wolf jumps on you and hits you with both paws, pushing you back, and the four of you guys tumble through the dirt. I think we're going to jump into battle mode. Great. Oh, battle. This is not going to be a good time for me. I think basically what happens is you guys can decide what order you go in. So like decide what order you want to take your moves in. Who wants to go first, second, third, and fourth? I guess I need to go first because I mean the wolf is right on top of me, but. Okay, yeah, that works. Uh, I can go after her. I'll go last. Okay, yeah, that works. Okay, awesome. And then the wolves will go after that. So just as a quick description, uh, these are slightly larger than uh, the average wolf that you might have seen in your uh, TV show growing up back on Earth. They are large with black matted fur caked with dirt, these glowing yellow eyes, almost like like what you would picture with like as the Hound of Baskerville, but like a little bit smaller. You know what I'm talking about, the Hound of Baskerville? Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, 
So you've got these, you can't totally tell how many of them there are yet, but we'll start with Zori slash Elise. What would you like to do? There is a wolf on top of you. Well, I have the dagger, so I think what I'm going to try and do is, like, grab the dagger and then, like, push him to the side while also, like, stabbing them with the poison dagger. Because I still can't reach my halberd. It's on on my back, so I need to get them off me first. Gotcha. So do you uh, want to do a wild attack on that, or do you want to just make a straight attack? I think a straight attack. Okay, cool. So go ahead and give me an attack then. Okay. Shoot. An eight. Um, I think an eight is a miss in this case. Yeah, you need, uh, but it's actually a tough choice. So on a tough choice, you will succeed, but there's a consequence. So I think uh, what happens is you have a choice. Either another one of the wolves will immediately be on your back, or you will accidentally slice Gray as well. Gray will also (gasps) take damage. (sighs) Okay, I'll take the other wolf. Okay. So uh, luckily, though, these wolves are not that strong. So with how how much health do you do? Or how much um, damage do you do? I'm actually not sure. Uh, It should just be two. I think everybody does two damage. Okay, then I do two damage. So across the board, everyone does two damage in quest. That makes battle pretty straightforward. And the wolves, this wolf specifically, uh, just falls limp on your dagger. Oh, damn. But you immediately, as that happens, you feel the claws of another one digging into your back. Let's jump over to Dr. Turtle. Yeah. You are within range, but not right up next to one of the... So you are nearby the monsters. All right. I'm going to move to the monsters. Um, They are above Elise, right? Mm -hmm. One of them is on her, but then there's a couple more that you can see in the dark coming closer that are like in the trees around you. All right. Well, then I'm I'm going to try to uh, to body slam the one that's currently leaning on top of Zuri. Okay. Yeah. So I think that would be a non weaponed attack. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a 1d20? Yeah, you roll a d20, and then it automatically does one damage if you hit. Well, um, that was a one, so... Oh! (laughs) And that's where we're going to go to commercial. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben, and I play Thorn slash Zack. As a costume design major and small-time LARPer, I was really excited when Rose told me about Piper Violet. Piper Violet is a YouTuber, cosplayer, LARPer, and TTRPG content creator. On their YouTube channel, you can find cosplay tutorials, conversations about the black experience within the cosplay and TTRPG communities, reviews of nerd-related shops, and more. She is a Kalimasil LARP affiliate and the social media coordinator for Realms Apart, a podcast dedicated to closing geographic distance using TTRPGs and storytelling. She even has an Etsy shop where she sells tarot card bags, dice bags, and prints of her iconic cosplay photos. You can support their many amazing creations by following them on social media at Uh-Oh Burns and visiting their Linktree at Linktree slash Uh-Oh Burns. Again, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash U-H-O-H-B-U-R-N-S. 
Sliders Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure, so you can learn about different game systems and content creation while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform, so come join us as we improvise, adapt and overcome. your friendly neighborhood guide. I'm here to tell you about a fun new piece of news. This podcast is now part of the Audible Podcast Affiliate Program. Audible is an amazing way to find access to tons of great books. If you think about it, audiobooks are really the original podcasts. In the ancient days of the 90s and the early 2000s, before Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, there were cassette tapes of Lord of the Rings and CDs of Stephen King novels. In modern times, we have to get a bit more creative with our audiobooks, and that's why there's Audible. There are also so many ways to support queer writers and writers of color by downloading their books. Here is a few fantasy or sci-fi suggestions that we'd like to offer. The Priority of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Considered by some to be the best epic fantasy book since Game of Thrones. Hazel and Grey by Nick Stone, which is an African-American retelling of Hansel and Gretel, the New York Times bestseller of Blood and Bone by Nora Roberts, and Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Moore, a story about a lesbian space necromancer. Hazel and Grey and The Priority of the Orange Tree are both Audible exclusives. You can get a free one-month Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash a game called Quest. That trial includes one token to get a free audiobook. So if any of those sound interesting to you, now's your chance. Get the joy of listening to great fantasy stories without the frustration of having to wait for the next podcast episode. Try Audible. And now back to the game. Well, um, that was a one. So, oh, <laughs> oh, yep. so that's a critical failure. Um, I think what happens is you accidentally body slam into Zuri instead. Uh, and both of you guys take one damage. Great, thanks. <laughs> I say, oops, sorry, dude. <laughs> So go ahead and mark that down. Lizzie's just not even paying attention. She's like, okay, all right. Uh, let's jump over to Yaselga slash Gray. Gray's totally caught off guard by Olive's action happening uh, out of nowhere. Uh, and then he hears that little tiny voice in the back of his head again. Like before, use what's in your mind. And, uh, and Gray uses Mirage again to reconstruct the same soccer stadium with the same fans except now those fans have glowing red eyes they are still holding signs that say go mountain goats and go denver nuggets so what's your goal with this uh to intimidate the wolves okay uh does that require a a role to i mean i know it doesn't require a role to create it um just make sure you mark off the adventure points Mm -hmm. um and i think i actually think that will the one, the four of you guys are already in it, so you guys can see through it, but that will delay the other wolves that are still in the woods. All right, great. So they'll, all of them except one will not have their next turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, what about you, Thorn? Hmm, interesting. I have an idea for what I want to do, but uh, I'm not sure if it makes sense. Um, 
Those are the best ideas. It doesn't have to make sense. Just try it. Okay. I want to try to sense out which one of these wolves is the alpha wolf. Who's the who's the pack leader? Okay. Yeah. Is that a... Um... No, that would just be a straight roll. I don't have anything. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, make a roll. You, you squint off into the... The alpha wolf is not with you guys. So you squint off into the woods trying to tell who's the who's the head honcho here Mm, that's a nine all right so that would be a tough choice i believe um which means you succeed in telling who the uh, alpha wolf is in doing so you either make him stronger than i initially planned for him to be (laughs) okay or you accidentally reveal the illusion to him so he can now enter the battle um, I think I'm gonna do the second one. Sorry, sorry, Gray, but I don't think I don't think we need this to be any harder than it's gonna be. <laughs> All right, awesome. So in that moment, as you're staring off, uh, you make eye contact with this wolf, and you see its large haunches caked with mud, blood oozing off of the corners of his lips, as if he's just devoured some prey right before this fight. And then he bounds towards you, and in doing so, runs into the illusion and definitely has a moment of confusion, realizing that it's not a soccer field, but then turns and bears down on you. And it's now the wolf's turn. So the head honcho wolf definitely has its eyes on Thorn and is going to make an attack on Thorn. So let me roll that. That's a 16, so that hits. That does two damage. Mm. And uh, then the wolf is going to, with insane agility, leap up off the ground and into the tree above you. The wolf jumps into the tree? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That is what I just said. Okay. (laughs) I'm just making sure sure that I'm not insane. Tree wolves. Not insane. Not insane. You're in a magical forest, guys. Did Did you remember that? The other one uh, just makes a classic swipe at uh, Zuri with a nine. So that is a a tough choice. But I think you have an ability that works with this, Zuri. I do? I think you might. I think you might have counter. Oh, counterattack, counterattack. Yeah, go ahead and describe counterattack for us. So I see the wolf charging at me and about to take a swipe. So Elise grabs the paw and just like yeets the wolf down (laughs) behind her like just like does like a toss forward like she grabs and then throws forward awesome so the the way counterattack works is when an enemy within reach rolls a tough choice or worse which i did on a basic attack you can parry the attack and take no damage great so you take no damage from this wolf if I had rolled a failure, you would have been able to make attack an attack back oh, against me, I see, but I, see, I didn't I roll a failure. But I do think that uh, basically what happens is you do like kind of eat the wolf, but because you, it wasn't a complete failure, uh, you guys are now locked like in hand to hand, basically. Yeah, or maybe they just like land on something soft and doesn't actually take any damage or anything. Yeah, so I think it's like a weak throw. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so you you eat the wolf, but then it's very like agile, right? I've already explained that these wolves are slightly above average agility. Um, right. And so you see like its paws hit the ground and its front paws hit the ground and it like skids against the dirt, and then it growls at you and is ready to come back and uh, get you the next time. And the rest of the other four. 
I mean, however many wolves. <laughs> the rest of the other wolves are just like snarling and growling at this major illusion. Very, very confused. So we're back to Zuri. It's your turn. She just um, pulls out her halberd. Mm-hmm. And then she like um, starts like swinging it. Like, could I try to hit two people since I have like that range or? Well, there's only one wolf within range of you. Oh, okay, okay. So she takes the halberd and like basically just like jumps up. Um, no, she's on the ground. She just got attacked on her back. So let me just think about this for a second. And so she just like held the paw and then she like pulled the wolf forward in front of her. And then she like reaches to her back, but she's still on the ground. And so she pulls out the halberd and like while she's still low to the ground, she swings from her side. Oh, so like bringing it around for like a hooking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead and give me a dice roll for that. 18. All right, that is definitely a hit. Uh, With a slice, you just cleave the wolf in the stomach and it falls limp on your halberd. Eep. All right, yep. So that's another one down. Uh, who's next? The only one left is the Alpha. The other four are uh, cowering in the woods, but will perhaps still come and fight depending on what the outcome of this whole situation is. What do you do, uh, Dr. Turtle? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to, uh, I guess, appeal to this to this Alpha first before I, I go and attack. I'm going to be like, stand down, man. It's not that big a deal. Is there any response? (laughs) You guys just destroyed two of its friends. So when you talk to it, it turns and growls towards you. It doesn't understand what you're saying. It only understands that you guys just killed two of its, two of its betas. All right, cool. So, um, I'm gonna do corrupt. Okay. uh, Read corrupt to me, please. Corrupt. Uh, Zero AP. You grip an organic creature within reach and create a necrotizing wound. The wound turns flesh black green and branches out from where you touch them. Spell hits for one HP immediately and again at the beginning of the target's next turn. Affected creatures can only recover these hit points with the restore spell. Awesome. And you don't have to roll for that or anything? Uh, No. All right. Go ahead and uh, chalk off that AP. uh, And uh, describe to me what that looks like. Um, yeah, so I just, like, I just kind of, like, gently graze the the nose of the, of the alpha wolf, just with the tip of my flip, and, um, and it, it very quickly turns into, like, the color scheme of Maleficent. It just starts, uh, crackling out as if lightning, mm-hmm. uh, or, um, or, like, dark, gross veins starting to spread from from the nose tip to the rest of the body. And luckily you can fly, so you're actually able to do this because remember, the wolf is in a tree. Yes. So you fly up, do that, uh, and it's it's almost like it's starting to like turn to stone almost kind of, yeah? Yeah. This like inky black deadly vibe. Okay, uh, next up is Yasolga slash Grey. All right, does this alpha wolf count as a minion? Um, it does not. It is a... A higher than... It's minion. one above a minion, I think. Oh, actually, it does count as a minion. Sorry. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm going to mesmerize it. I dazzle a nearby commoner or minion with an optical illusion. Uh, until I leave the area, the creature cannot move, take actions, or respond to conversation. Uh, it ends if the creature is harmed. All right, so uh, you wave your hands in a sort of 
uh, pattern. We see uh, this, you see, as you hold up your hands, you see this strange, like, weave, like, spiderweb-esque thread fly out of your palm, and it hits the wolf as it's sort of starting already to rot away, and then suddenly its eyes just glaze over. What vision are you sending to the wolf? Uh, right now, I'm sending, uh, I'm sending the wolf the experience of playing soccer with the with the lizards that we had earlier, and Aww. just from my perspective, so it's you know, all of them kind of just rushing around and me not getting much anywhere. Uh, he starts like like running around like as if he's like chasing his tail and like jumping up and down like a dog would. Aww. All right, thorns up. Um, he's still in the tree. Uh, you know what? I'll say in his thinking that he's playing soccer, he jumps down. Hmm. You guys want me to try to hurt this thing or try to get it to run away out of character? Yeah, because he's, uh, it, it's it's mesmerized until you hit it, so you'll get a, you know, I, I think you'll get an opening. Um, it's being so cute, though. It'll be fine if we just, like, get them to run away. I prefer run away. I'm down for either. Um, you said, you said he can't, he can't engage in conversation while he's mesmerized, though, right? That's true, Mm-mm. yes. Um, he can't do anything really. He just thinks he's playing soccer, so he's just like running around. Yeah. In a circle, basically. Yeah. The spell ends if if it's uh, hurt though, so that can knock it out of it. Mm. But only if you hit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm uh, torn as to what I, I want to do. You were thorn. <laughs> <laughs> also, keep in mind. The mirage really will only hold off the rest of the wolves until the end of this round. Like, they're probably going to start coming down after this. How long does the mirage last? It lasts for a while, but if somebody runs into it, then it ends, right? Yeah, any any individual thing that runs into it, like, doesn't see it anymore. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure things have kind of started to figure it out by now. Yeah, they're probably going to have their next turn. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to, uh, after thinking for a little bit about what he wants to do, Zach's going to pull out um, Thorn's bow and an arrow and like, okay, uh, let's see if I can do this. And he's going to uh, pull back the arrow and try to shoot one of the wolves that's hanging back on the ed- edge of the clearing. Yeah, go ahead and make a roll for me. Uh, 13. All right. That is a hit. Uh, it dies immediately. Yeah. You see a body just fall limp. Yeah, see that, you wolves? You don't want to mess with us. And I think at that, there's only two left besides the alpha. Because there were, yeah, there's, I'm sorry, there's only three left besides the alpha. And so those, the remaining wolves turn and run off into the woods. And the four of you are left with this bizarrely mesmerized giant werewolf in the dark, with some supplies, you left your fire back at the camp, and slowly the mesmerizing starts to wear off. And that's where we're going to end our game. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of A Game Called Quest. A Game Called Quest is an actual play audio drama of the tabletop role-playing game Quest, created by TC, Sodic, and the Adventure Guild. We release bi-weekly episodes on all of your favorite platforms. If you haven't already, stop right where you are and go straight to our iTunes review link to leave us a review. This is the best way that we can spread our stories and our commitment to inclusifying the gaming community. Oh dear, inclusifying isn't a word, but really it should be. 
Anyway, leaving reviews is the best way that we can move forward with our goals and continue to create content that you can enjoy. So yeah, if I haven't already, I am leaving a review. Wait, not me, you. Wow, this is going great. As I previously mentioned, this podcast is a collaborative storytelling project. That means lots of people work really hard to make this possible, including myself as an editor and the game master, a bunch of amazing actors, and my co-editor, Sean. All of our information can be found in the description box. Kudos to the amazing musical artists. All of the music was used under the Creative Commons license, and some amazing people made those songs that you just listened to during that battle. As usual, credit for their work can be found in the description box below. Make sure to follow us on social media at GameCalledQuest. Yep, that's pretty much it. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and be sure to join us next time for A Game Called Quest.